is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Welcome, guys. It's Allie with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and you're hanging out with us today. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. (laughs) So whatever you guys are doing this weekend, celebrating friends, family, fun, and freedom, we're glad you're spending part of your Memorial Day weekend right here, where you can get up close and personal with some of the most intriguing artists and musicians on the scene today. Oh, yeah. Yes, Rachel, you guys are in for an hour of musical fireworks. So let's start off with a bang right now. The Mulberry Lane show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're gonna have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, he holds the title American Idol. Trent Harmon is here. Why would we drive 600 miles one way? Blow through cash and we ain't made. Get tattoos and wash our trucks. Push and press our love. Why And guys, get up close and personal with Trent today and then head on down to the river. Lust Fest in Council Bluffs at Tom Hannafin's River's Edge Park. Lust Fest is going country. You can check out Trent, his band, and his hit, There's a Girl. Yes, you guys will love getting to know down-to-earth Trent. You're going to get in the Mississippi mud trenches with Trent today. That's right. So slip on those cowboy boots. Who's next, Allie? Well, next up is singer-songwriter Peggy Young, and you're going to be intrigued with the background to this album. Trying to live my life without you, babe. It's the hardest thing I'll ever do Try to get the love we once shared It's the hardest burden I'll ever bear the title of the album is Raw, which tells a lot about what Peggy has been going through. After many years of marriage to music legend Neil Young, she found herself a few years ago divorced alone and reinventing herself. So what's a musician to do? Turn to music, of course, which is exactly what she did with two legendary musicians and dear friends of hers, Spooner Oldham and Kelvin Holly. Now all three of them are joining your weekend to give you the scoop on the friendship and love that led to this album. Yes, and in spite of the heartbreak that brought on this album, the album exudes a positivity, so you guys are going to dig that today. Okay, sisters, who's next? Then it's singer-songwriter and guitarist Charles Parker. Well, Charles is from Baltimore, and his debut album and single, Bring Back the Sun, is out. Bring back the sun, bring back the stars, no matter where you are, bring back the sea, Now, Charles is a triple threat, and his unique music is a place where rock, folk, and pop cross paths on a road that will really make you feel his music. 
Yes, and they're crossing paths today on Mulberry Lane. (laughs) (laughs) True. He's got an interesting background of a lot of cover bands and tribute bands that has all led to this journey of where he is today. Yes, it's interesting how when you play other people's music, sometimes it eventually leads to your own unique sound. So that's on tap a little later in the show. Okay, Allie, who's next? Well, then it's the guy behind the kids series Androids, J.J. Johnson. Now, this series was the only one that was able to tie Sesame Street with 10 Emmy nominations, more than any other show. When you take on Sesame Street and win, you know you're doing something right. (laughs) It's legit. Well, before we start the musical fireworks today, Rachel, I hear you have something to share. And Allie, you're going to be particularly interested in this story because it kind of hinges around you. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) My ears are perked. Yes. So I'm on my way to the studio this morning. I stopped by Scooters to get you guys some coffee. So I go through the Scooters drive-thru and I make my order and then I go up to the window and the barista was super nice and I gave her my credit card and I'm just chatting away. And So then she comes back with my card and I'm like, oh, thank you. And then she says, I have to ask you a weird question. And I'm like, what? And she says, did you happen to know an Allison? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I have a sister named Allison. And she's like, oh my gosh. She says, I could totally tell because your mannerisms, your voice, everything about you is just like... Allie. I know who that is. And I told her, actually, I'm on my way to see Allie. One of these coffees is for her. And she's like, well, tell Allie Lanise says hi. So Lanise says hi. See, I know her because I go through the scooters all the time. Well, let's shout out to Lanise today. And you know you might have a coffee drive-thru problem when they not only recognize you, but they recognize other people that look like you. (laughs) It's all in the family. Well, we've got your shot of caffeine when you come back. Trent Harmon is here. American Idol winner kicking things off. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show this Memorial Day weekend, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, he was season 15 American Idol winner, and Trent Harmon hasn't looked back. His debut single, There's a Girl, was a top 20 country hit, and you can see this country dude in action Saturday night when the 5th annual Lust Fest goes country. But first, get to know this up-and-coming country star, Trent Harmon. Welcome, welcome to the show, Trent Harmon. All right, all right. (laughs) It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Okay, now first off, tell us what can people expect from a Trent Harmon show? That is a good question. You know, we rock a little bit, we bring it back down, and then... Make the folks sing. You know, you got to be able to, within about the first 10 seconds, make them put their phone down or their beer down or something. So we do we do a few covers. We don't go all original. It's okay. really recognizable. And um, it's good. It's a good show. We have okay. a good show. Now, talk about the moment you were named American Idol winner. What was going through your head? Now it's time to go to work even more okay. than ever. I had my celebration party. I was I was in the bed by about... 2 a.m. that night. Okay, and, uh, so you actually went to bed that night. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, I didn't sleep a lot, but I went to bed and uh-huh. got up and started working, and I, I haven't had more than a couple of days off since. Okay. Talk about what your life has looked like since that day. You have to go meet the people that 
you hope will play your music. Okay. Um, yes. And they are the programmers of radio stations, and um, that's what I've been doing for the last year. Uh, and, you know, it, it dang near takes a full year to meet all of them and shake their hand, do a show for them, and have somewhat of a relationship. I mean, you can't be super great friends with everybody. everybody and it helps when they them. know your story, too. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. And, and the only way they can know it is to talk to them. And, you know, you see them somewhere out and about, and you recognize them, and you talk, and it's a relationship. And uh-huh. that doesn't happen in a month. You know, that's the side of the business that I think a lot of people don't realize, that, you know, if you're looking for a career on commercial radio, you know, you do have to meet the program directors, and you do have to form relationships with the people who will play your songs. It's the most important part. Until there's some form of, of doing it that you bypass the radio portion, right. it doesn't hurt to be good friends with the radio food. Uh-huh. So now, there had to be just an immense learning curve. So talk about a few of the things that you learned throughout the competition that you have implemented in your career. But really, what I picked up on was technique, okay. um, learning how to correctly warm up, you know, certain nights, if you don't have a note, you know, don't try to get it, okay. don't blow your voice out, it's a marathon, you know, you gotta, you got another show the next night. So what do you, you do instead, stuff. what's your technique? Find another one, Okay. find a better one, uh, you know, find a different harmony part and sing that as the lead, uh-huh. um, so you have to have a good ear, and a lot of times you don't know you don't have that note until you're in the middle of the song. Right. Exactly. And you realize, uh-huh. you realize, and you're like, man, I'm not going to hit that part in the bridge. It's not going to happen. So maybe you bring the band down and just sing the bridge real softly by yourself. There's a whole bunch of different things to do, but that's part of being an artist and, and having a good ear. Right. You get to be able to do it Being on the fly. Being able to do it on the fly, yeah. That's right. Country singer-songwriter Trent Harmon here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Have you dealt with nerves? Did you ever deal with that side of things? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Uh, maybe I was too dumb to think about all of that. <laughs> maybe you know, I was callous to it at an uh-huh. early age. Because I did the bar thing. I played in bars. Uh-huh. It's just, I wasn't nervous. Okay, so you tell know, me I, what went through your head, like before you would open your mouth and sing. The only thing I ever thought of was the words. Okay. Because you can mess up a note on a song, and the vast majority of folks are not going to recognize it. That's just the truth. So now, did you focus on the, the words themselves or the meaning of the words, getting the meaning out? Well, I didn't focus on the meaning too much. It wasn't an aspect of performing I'd ever been asked about. Okay. But I remember the first week I was there, one of the judges says, right after someone had performed the song, what do you think that third line in the second verse of that song, what do you think that the writer was talking about? And whatever performance was that night had no, no idea. idea. No answer. So I made sure all week, I said, man, I hope I get asked. I'm going to have an answer about every line. Every single song. line. Never got asked. Now, did that Never got asked. change your performance, yeah. thinking that way? Did that change your performance of the song, do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, even though I didn't get asked about uh-huh. the meaning behind any of my songs, it gave you better insight, and I think it made it a little more believable. Sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. it did. Okay, so now you're working in the studio. So talk a little bit about what you're working on and how, who you're working with and how it's going. I'm getting to write with, with the best songwriters in the whole wide world uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm going to get to have a few cuts that I'm going to get writer credit on. And that's kind of a big deal for a new artist. Yeah. You know, to, to get to write some of the material. Uh-huh. 
And what are those sessions like when you are writing with these hot writers in Nashville? Um, it's different. Every one of them is different. Every one of them has different variables that come into play. When you walk in the room, some folks, as soon as you walk in, they want to they leave. They want to go get coffee and talk about what you did all day the day before. And sometimes okay. you walk in and they say, hey, just had an idea right before you walked in the door. Let's write the song. Come on, let's go before I forget it. Okay. How do you prepare for the sessions? Well, you better not walk in with nothing. That doesn't... <laughs> That's not going to cut it, yeah. No, so maybe it's just a guitar lick. Maybe it's something you've been humming or just one lyric or a lyric from a song that you love. And you say, hey, I've always loved this. Let's write something in this vein. So anything that you've written that you're particularly excited about at this point? Yeah, um, a song called Her, H-E-R. Okay. did a couple times, uh, once at the Ryman uh, for the Opry and the actual Opry. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And will that be the next single? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And when does that come out? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the album? I would say third quarter. But uh, okay. one one fun part of the record business is timing. And uh-huh. when you're on a label, you don't own the clock. Right. You don't own the watch. Uh, right. So you're just, you're just there, you know. But um, I would say as long as I'm getting to write, uh-huh. uh, I'm getting to play music every night. And recording new stuff. It's, it's a huge advantage to come off of a show like Idol because you have diehard fans. I mean, they buy everything that you put out, so they'll be there when it comes out. Okay. Well, Trent, you're going to have to join us again when the album is out. It's great getting to know you better and have a rockin' show. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Country singer-songwriter Trent Harmon here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you check out Trent, his band, and his hit song, There's a Girl, at Lustfest in Council Bluffs. Keep it right here. When we come back, you're going to meet singer-songwriter Peggy Young. Now, since her divorce from music legend Neil Young, she put pen to paper her brand new album called Raw. Hear all about it right after this. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. There's a girl somewhere in Tupelo Who's with a guy she barely knows Could probably sell his soul for a kiss There's a girl somewhere in Arkansas Who's talking with a southern drawl And a guy who can't stop staring at her lips Ain't it crazy how they make us all so crazy and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, after 37 years of marriage to music legend Neil Young ended in divorce in 2014, Peggy Young did what came naturally. She put her emotions into music, and what came out was her latest album, Raw. Now, Peggy joins your weekend right now along with her co-writers and legendary musicians, Spooner Oldham and Kelvin Holly. 
to give you a behind-the-scenes glimpse of the making of Raw. Welcome, welcome to the show, Peggy Spooner and Kelvin. Thank you, Rose. Wow, oh, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> okay, now, Peggy, this is such a personal album for you. Your journey through divorce and refining yourself. How did you get to the place where you could write about what was in your heart? Well, I probably started writing about, you know, my emotions and pretty much straight away after, you know, realized what was happening and, uh, you know, that our marriage was going to be, uh, it had run its course. Is that easy for you to get to that place of total honesty? Well, I mean, you know, when I was writing, originally wrote a lot of stuff that was obviously, you know, just for me, you know, just to, like, get stuff out, you know. And then when I got together with Spooner and Calvin here, and we we got together in the hotel room and just kind of, you know, worked for a few days, and I didn't have a single melody. I didn't have anything but just this big old stack of words. And okay. so, you know, we just created some songs out of all this words I had, which was about a year into the, okay. you know, from the, the process. Yeah. The process. So uh, about, what did we come up with? Like about 10 songs and a couple yeah. few days there. Yeah. And... Uh, and got into the studio and started recording them. And, you know, I really hope that this has that universal quality to it as well. So I know I'm not the only one who's gone through Absolutely. sorrow and loss and grief, whether it's, you know, divorce, whether it's death, whatever it is. It's part of the human condition. So, And having to reinvent yourself, yeah. too. So, yeah. Spooner and Kelvin, now this project seems like a labor of not just artistry and musicianship, but love and support. So... Spooner, in your words, what was this project like for you? Well, you, you hit on the word I like there, love. Uh, you know, we love Peggy. And uh, well, the project itself, Peggy just described, it was a cathartic uh, uh-huh. healing kind of process of injury or whatever. Kelvin and I just sort of did little duties to her uh-huh. sad and lonely words and tried to make it a little danceable. <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin, Kelvin, how is this project unique for you? It was therapeutic for all of us, you know, because music is a healer. I mean, everybody knows that. I wasn't really paying a lot of attention to what the lyrics were saying. I was looking at the rhythm of the lyric. Uh And so I would just pick up the guitar and start playing a a chord progression. And if the words fit, they fit. And then we would just work on that. And, I mean, we wrote like ten songs in like two days, you know. The three of you have known each other for so long. So when, you know, you get into a, a writing session like that, do things flow just pretty easy? Well, it just depends on the mood. Uh, but in our case, at that particular time, things were just pouring out, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we came with a productive weekend, you know. Yeah, those are always uh, great when you have those. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Singer-songwriter Peggy Young here on the Mulberry Lane Show talking about her brand new album, Raw, written after her divorce from music legend Neil Young. Now, Peggy is here along with legendary musicians Spooner Oldham and Kelvin Holly. Now, Peggy, of your five albums, this is the first time you've assumed the production duties. So what was that like for you? 
Well, you know, I mean, I had a pretty clear vision of what I wanted the record to sound like. Uh-huh. And, you know, we started with one producer, didn't, you know, end up working out at the end of the day. And so then okay. we switched, went back to uh, working with uh, Chad Haley, who'd done four of our five records, this being the fifth one. Okay. He's just a great recording engineer and mixer, and I think I gave him some production credit, too. As he certainly deserved it. I was uh-huh. meant to. If I didn't, I hope I did. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, because he really helped guide us sure. in uh, a really nice way, and me in particular, I think, later on, you know, with just voc- working on some vocals and this and that, so... I really think it was kind of a survivor production, too, honestly. It's, uh, we're a real collaborative band. You know, when it came to putting the horn section on, for instance, that was our drummer Phil Jones's call. I mean, he knows the horn section in L.A. I found the background singers just because it was somebody that I sang with on Prairie Wind. I met back there in Nashville who'd moved to L.A., so I contacted her. And, you know, so it just kind of worked out, just... uh Collaborated and you know ended up and with, it came uh, together, yeah. And it and it did come together, yeah. Yeah, with a lot of love, and you can tell that. Yeah, I felt that a lot. You know, I mean, it's a mutual, it's a little love fest in, yeah. the, in the studio there. It's just a darn love fest. Okay. It looks like the, we're out of time here, so we got to let you guys go. But thank you so much for joining the show. It's been great talking with all of you, and I think people will get a lot of healing from this album. Good, and it's hopeful. uh, It ends on a hopeful note. That was my intention. Yes, and a good way to end the interview, too, on a hopeful note. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's singer-songwriter Peggy Young, along with legendary musicians Spooner Oldham and Kelvin Holly, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When we come back, you're going to meet another singer-songwriter musician, Charles Parker. Hear all about his latest project. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. I used to smoke my packs of cigarettes a day. It was the hardest thing to put them away. I drank four or five bottles of wine. I kept a glass in my hand all the time. Breaking those habits was hard to do, but nothing prepared me for the changes you put me through. Trying to live my life without you, baby, is the hardest thing I'll ever do. Trying to get the love we once shared. Music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, Charles Parker has been around the block in the music biz, so it's about time for his solo debut, Bring Back the Sun. Now, this is a perfect blend of rock, folk, and pop, and Charles joins your weekend right now to fill you in on the winding road to his solo debut. Welcome, welcome to the show, Charles Parker. That's the best intro I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, great to have you with us. Glad to be here. All right, so now you've been a songwriter and a musician for 20 years. Why is now the time for the solo debut? Well, I've been playing for quite a while in cover bands and writing songs during that period of time. I just kind of recorded over the years and 
now, you know, everything kind of came together and it was time to put it all together and put it out okay. and release. Like you said, you've played in lots of cover bands. So playing in all the cover bands and, you know, playing other people's music, how has that kind of informed your songwriting and even your selection of material and how you record? Well, I think that learning all those different styles over time, it kind of helps you learn how to write a song to okay. the right formula. Right. So now, you know, when you play a lot of different styles and genres, does that ever confuse you as to who Charles Parker is, too? Because you kind of have to find yourself within all of that. You know, I never really sat down and tried to copy anyone. It just kind of came out. I sat down with guitar and started playing and singing and coming up with verses and choruses, and it just came out as that sound. So it marinated in you and came out as you. I think so. <laughs> That's the best way. So talk about what inspired the songs and Bring Back the Sun. Oh, well, just a lot of different inspiration. The actual title song, Bring Back the Sun, was about a, a little girl, the daughter of an old girlfriend. And when that ended, you know, the child went away also. Uh-huh. So it was, you know, mm. it was sort of um, Bring Back the Sun. If you could, you know, only bring back the sun and everything would be good again. Uh-huh. You know, that's a really interesting take on a song, because not too many relationship songs deal with what also goes away with the relationship. Oh, exactly. Uh-huh. And then do you typically start your songs writing-wise with guitar, since that's your instrument? Yeah, pretty much sit down with an acoustic and just kind of start playing and come up with ideas and you know, just form it into a song. Okay. Now, it said that you were a shy kid. So was that hard for you to learn how to, you know, perform and be on stage? And for all of our shy people listening, how did you go from being a shy kid to being front and center? Well, it's just something that you you have to do if you want to do this. I started out, you know, just playing at home. And the first band that I played out with, I was a keyboard player. You know, I was in the back. You know, I wasn't really front and center. But as time went on, I realized, you know, if I really want to do this, then I just have to do it. And sometimes you just can't worry about shyness or the people or, you know, you just go out and do what you have to do. And, and now I'll play in front of a thousand people in, in events and it just doesn't matter. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, it so doesn't does the shyness ever crop up now in any situation? Not usually. Okay. Not usually, it, you know, it's, it just seems easy. Once you do it so many shows over so many years, it just becomes natural and that's where you belong. Yep. And you find that spot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right now you're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with singer, songwriter, and musician Charles Parker. He's talking about his new release, Bring Back the Sun. You've been around the music business for a while, so how have you incorporated social media into the mix of what you do? Well, social media is, is the way to go. With the Internet, you have distribution. If you have a product, you have distribution. You can put it on iTunes. You can put it on many, many sites. Yeah. So, in a sense, you know, you are the record label yourself right so now is that something that comes naturally to you being able to do the marketing side of things well i've done a lot of business over the years with the band because i was the one who booked the band promoted the band i've run a couple nightclubs so i booked other bands advertised other bands so it's not so hard it just kind of comes natural now yeah so out of all the hats that you've worn is being the artist your favorite i think so i've done a lot of different cover bands a lot of tribute bands Uh uh-huh And it's been a wonderful day job, but I think that putting your own music out and have people singing your songs is a whole lot better than... uh, More fulfilling. Yes, definitely. Okay, so then before we let you go, of of the different cover bands and tribute bands you've done, who do you feel like you do the best? Well, I actually do a Kiss tribute band. So I play Paul Stanley in, in the Kiss tribute band, and that's pretty good because I think that the influences in my songs 
are cross between early pop music, say, you know, Partridge Family on TV okay. when I was a kid, with a cross with Kiss, you know, sort of like a David Cassidy, Paul Stanley kind of uh, crossover. Topic. Yeah, and doing Paul Stanley probably helped you get over your shyness, too, I would assume. <laughs> well, you know what? When you have makeup and a costume on and a yeah. wig, you're not you. Right. So I can go out there, and if you guys are familiar with his antics mm-hmm. of screaming to the crowd, you know, people let me hear you scream. And if I did that without the costume and makeup, they would look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> but, you know, being in the tribute band, you can pretty much do anything. So a anything. cure for shyness. We've discovered it right here. <laughs> exactly. Paul Stanley. So, so then, do you ever have moments in your own Charles Parker shows where you feel like the Paul Stanley is coming out a little bit? When the crowd's into it and they're responding well to you, you can do that. We do a lot of big events in the summertime where there are thousands of people and you know i'll have people sing back to us or you know everybody stand up wave your hands in the air something like that and that's sort of the same thing that's right. what he would have done in kiss so i think that it kind of comes out there yeah that's okay. awesome actually i have one more question okay. the song bring back the sun the melody came to you in the middle of the night how often does that happen to you that the melody or partial words of a song come to you in a dream and then you wake up and you have to write it down and you actually get up and write it down. <laughs> well, that's the difference, whether I get up or not. Right. And, and this time I did get up, and it was a good thing that I did. I did get up and write it down and finish the song the next day. It happens from time to time, but a lot of times I just go back to sleep. Right. <laughs> and you think, oh, I'll totally good. remember this in the morning. And then you don't. Right? Oh, you definitely don't. You have no idea. I've done things lately where I, you know, grab my phone. Right. So I'll just sing into it and then go back to it at a later date. Uh-huh. I've done that too where I'll wake up with an idea and sometimes I listen to it in the morning and I'm like, that's great. And sometimes I listen to it in the morning and I'm like, what was I thinking? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know what you're saying. All right. Well, Charles, it's really fun catching up with you and best of luck with the single and the album and we'll have to catch up with you down the road. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. All right. Thanks, Charles. Take care. Charles Parker is the artist. Bring Back the Sun is the name of the album and the single. We'll be right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with kids television whiz J.J. Johnson. He's the guy behind the show Androids, which has received 10 Emmy nominations. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. Here's Charles Parker. Slowly fading your face runs away from the place I used to be Time's erasing the traces of you and my thoughts, my memories. Living life without you is why they put me in this world. You're the closest thing I have. It's my own little girl, and I want you to bring back the sun, bring back the stars. No matter where you are, bring back the sea, cause you're all I ever need. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you're about to meet an Emmy Award-winning executive producer, writer, and creative force behind some of the best of children's shows today. J.J. Johnson's latest series, which received 10 Emmy nominations in 2016, is called Android. Now, it returns to Amazon Prime Video for its fourth season, and J.J. is here to let you in on what it takes to entertain kids today and teach them a thing or two in the process. Welcome. Welcome to the show, J.J. Johnson. <laughs> Best intro, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> well, it's great having you with us today. 
Thank you. Okay, now for someone who hasn't watched the series, explain the plot and the intricacies of the series. Sure. Uh, so Androids is about a genius kid scientist named Anne uh, who builds androids out of junk from uh, the junkyard that she lives in with her dad. Uh, she's joined by two kids who um, kind of break into the junkyard in our first episode uh, who live in the neighborhood around the junkyard. And they basically work with her and these androids to do various science experiments. Okay. So now this series engages kids in science, gets them interested in technology and inventing things. Was this something that has been marinating in your head for a long time? How did this series come together? I grew up in a small town, and so for entertainment, we spend a lot of time in junkyards, and I've always enjoyed that environment because, you know, it's full of things from 100 years old to just last week, and it just feels so kind of full of story potential, and I've always wanted to have a kid scientist that kind of knew her limitations, so she knew she couldn't do the kind of science that she wanted to, so she built these kind of fantastical androids to help her do those things. I love Anne as a character because I think she sees things not for what they are, but for what they can become. So she sees potential in everything. And I think that's an interesting character for kids to see. Is she based on you at all? I think you take pieces of yourself. I think when you're designing a kid's show, you're always trying to speak to your younger self. And so I think there's elements, certainly, of me and her. I think there's a lot of elements of my sisters uh, in her. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, as you work with the actors that you cast, as you get to know them, you can't help but kind of write to their voice. And so I think there's a lot of Addison who plays Anne in the character as well. Okay, so now how involved are you from start to finish? Are you in the studio when the actors are doing their voice parts? What is your role? yeah, this is uh, it's a live action series with CG animation added in after the fact. Okay. So I uh, created the show, which means that you know you write the pilot episode. I also work with a fellow writer, Kristen Sims, and we wrote the majority of the episodes. We have a couple other writers come in as well, okay. and then I direct most of the episodes as well. Okay. So, so now, you know, when you say direct, yeah. what does direct mean in this? So instance? directing the episodes. So we have a junkyard set, so it's about an acre large okay. set that we produce the episodes out of. Okay. Uh, it takes us about four days to shoot the live action part of the show and then it takes our animation team about six months to integrate the computer generated androids afterwards so it's a long term effort but we really wanted these androids to feel as real as the robots that you would see on Star Wars Uh, and so we pushed the level of technology as far as we possibly could and uh, so far you know audiences are uh, enjoying it. Okay, so now you founded Sinking Ship Entertainment in 2004, which produces this show. Now, and you've also had shows on other networks besides Amazon Prime Video. Talk about, you know, from inception to actually getting picked up, what's the process and how many do you have to come up with to get one that connects? Sure. So um, I tend to develop one idea at a time, and we fall in love with it, and we push it until it happens. So it's not like we go out with three or four ideas and and hope one lands. We go out with one, and we do whatever it takes to make it a reality. Uh, Androids was a tough pitch. You know, we deliberately made it a girl lead because we hadn't had a strong female lead in any of our other shows. And when we did that, we pitched about four or five years ago, and we were rejected by every U.S. network, uh, with some of them citing that it was specifically because it was a girl lead. Uh, We actually had one network say that they would take the show if we changed Anne to a boy. Um, That's hard to believe, honestly. 
Yeah, hopefully times are slowly changing, but uh-huh. I think that sometimes there's this antiquated thinking about what boys will watch or just playing to a boy audience. I think that sometimes seeps into the kinds of shows that are picked up. Okay. So we were fortunate. I mean, I owe a great debt of gratitude to Amazon Prime because they were forming around that time, so they were just launching their service. So good timing. And Android, yeah. yeah, and Android was one of the first shows that they picked up as an original, and they did it specifically because I think Amazon is really pushing the value of diversity, not just in terms of their characters, but in terms of the ideas in their shows as well, uh-huh. uh, and that this one seemed to check off a number of those things, uh-huh. but you know, without that service forming, we would not have found a home in the U.S., Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with the creator of the kids' series Androids, J.J. Johnson. Now, Androids was nominated for 10 Emmys at the 2016 Daytime Emmy Awards. And the interesting thing is that this show has resonated with girls and boys, too. And that's what's so amazing is that, you know, now that we've had three seasons out, we can see that it's boys and girls that are watching. And since that time, the show has also been picked up in every country in the world. We literally, we had one holdout, Iceland, who just joined two months ago. So, you know, kids need to see these characters. They need to Uh see it to be it. And it's important for both girls to see a strong, confident girl scientist character. And it's also important for boys to see that girls are capable of doing that. And, you know, know, I think kids today... They don't have the preconceived ideas of girls are not scientists or whatever. I think they're very open, too. I agree with you 100%. Kids are open until they don't see it. And then those things start to kind of seep in. That's why it's just imperative that, you know, more and more dynamic, interesting, different characters are out there. Okay, so now you've had several Emmy nominations throughout your career. So your first Emmy nomination, what was that for? And what did that do for you, for your confidence, and then for your career? Well, it was huge. I mean, our first Emmy win was actually for a show we had done previously called Dino Dan, which is about a little boy who imagines dinosaurs into the real world and we were up against Sesame Street who had never lost that category since it was created and so you know for Dino to be the first show to beat Sesame was you know humbling and I think um, yeah threw me in a state of shock for like a week you know last year we were fortunate across all of our shows to receive 20 Emmy nominations and Android's got 10 so it's like I find at those moments I just try to push myself into the work because it is overwhelming like the Emmys is something that I just always looked up to as a kid. I've coveted that award and loved the look of it and what it means. And so to have received a few now, if you dwell on it, I think it would blow my mind. So I just try to be like, that's amazing. And And keep on on. working. (laughs) Okay. And then what's in store for this upcoming season? This is really our big finale season. So in the first episode, Anne created this character, Pal. And over the course of these four seasons, it's really charting Pal's growth as its own being. And for Anne, talk about Anne's mom who left when she was a baby and returns in this fourth season and so it's interesting to watch how she relates to her mom. Her mom's this character who is a scientist as well but chose to pursue that career over having a family so there's some really interesting dynamics going on. I mean we don't shy away from the fact that this is a really strong feminist series with strong female characters. Our villain is a woman as well. The actress actually got pregnant (laughs) during the course of the show and we just played her pregnancy in so she's a pregnant villain (laughs) which I don't know has ever been done before. We said that she was Breaking all sorts of barriers. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Like, why not have little girls see a variety of female characters and different role models? So, yeah, we we definitely tried to push the envelope as far as we possibly could. Uh Okay, and then before we let you go, what's something about the kids' market that you've learned that has surprised you? Uh, Never underestimate the audience. Be confident to 
speak up to them and know that they will rise to the occasion. Well, JJ, we want to thank you for bringing your insight and your fabulous series to the show. Fun to talk to you. Thank you so much. That's JJ Johnson sharing the secrets of Emmy-winning kids TV. Thanks for bringing your magic to the show today, JJ. Rachel, who else do we need to thank? Big radio to Trent Harmon. (laughs) That's right. Trent, thanks for bringing your brand of country music. We'll see you at the Les Fest. Yes, this weekend at Tom Hannafin's River's Edge Park in Casa Bluffs. You guys need to put on your cowboy boots and hats and get ready to jam. Sisters, who else do we need to thank? Well, a big shout out to singer, songwriter, and guitarist, Charles Parker. Charles, thanks for sharing your new single and album, Bring Back the Sun. We love that after being a lifelong musician, you're following your passion and putting out your own music. Great message for people who are thinking about doing that very same thing today. Do it already. Woo! Okay, guys, on this Memorial Day weekend, we hope you're taking some time out to enjoy family, friends, fun, and freedom. Hope you're heading down to the river to Les Fest this weekend, celebrating the joint communities of Nebraska and Iowa. Fun outdoor festival for the whole family. And girls, we'll be getting together for some family picnics and celebrations. Yep, we'll be seeing a lot of each other this weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's not just all about the show. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of which, we will be here same time, same place next weekend. You know where you need to be. We'll be waiting for you, just like always. Mm -hmm. We're going to leave you today with some musical mulberry fireworks. That's right. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, happy Memorial Day weekend. That's a wrap. Oh